I invite you to find a, a Bible in some place. Are we good with the sound? Are we good on our online? Okay, just double checking. I want to make sure. Um, I want to invite you to turn with me to the reading that we'll be using, which is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 17. Juan, capítulo 17, versículos 14 al 18. John 17, verses 14 through 18. And we are in the midst of a series of messages where we are looking at this idea of making sense of church. Queremos comprender que es la iglesia. And there's a lot to make sense of there. But this scripture is just a portion of a prayer that Jesus prayed the night before his crucifixion. He prayed for his disciples, those disciples in the room, but no doubt for you and for me who follow Jesus too. Es parte de una oración de Jesús por sus discípulos que hizo la noche antes de su crucifixión, hizo esta oración por sus discípulos. I'm going to read it first in Spanish, and then I'd like to read it in English for you. Quisiera leer primero en español y luego en inglés. So this is the gospel. It's the good news of our Lord. It's the word of God. Es la palabra de Dios. Jesús dice lo siguiente. Yo les he entregado tu palabra y el mundo los ha odiado porque no son del mundo como tampoco yo soy del mundo. No te pido que los quites del mundo sino que los protejas del maligno. Ellos no son del mundo como tampoco lo soy yo. Santifícalos en la verdad. Tu palabra es la verdad. Como tú me enviaste al mundo, yo los envío también al mundo. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by your truth, your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And that's where our reading ends for now. So there is a remote place that I want to talk about. Hay un lugar remoto. And this place is so remote that the light of the sun cannot penetrate this place. La luz del sol no penetra allá. And therefore, this place that I have in mind is dark. Es oscuro. It's dark because this place is also very deep. También es muy profundo. This place is so deep, it is, imagine this, underneath three miles of water. Está por debajo de tres millas de agua. And because it is under three miles of water, this place is also dangerous for people like you and me. También es un lugar peligroso because think about it, if you have three miles of water on top of you, that's a lot of weight. The water at that point pushes down with a pressure equal to, get this, 6,000 pounds per square inch. That's like having two or three cars on top of every single square inch. Tiene una presión de seis mil libras por pulgada cuadrada. That would just crush you and me. And so this is deadly too. Es mortal también. And yet, in this deep, dark, dangerous, deadly 
place, believe it or not, there is life. Hay vida en este lugar oscuro, profundo, mortal. There are creatures down there. Creatures like the lantern fish. You may have heard of that. Hay como el pez linterna. The lantern fish has become adapted to this hostile environment. Se ha adaptado a este ambiente hostil. The lantern fish, as you can see, has luminescent organs that allow the fish to light the way. Tienen organos luminescentes para umbrar el camino. And not only that, but scientists will tell us that the lantern fish and other creatures like it have a skeletal and body structure that is somehow designed to push back against that pressure of 6,000 pounds per square inch in such a way that that fish is not flattened is not destroyed. Tiene una estructura esqueletal y corporal que les ayuda a soportar esa presión. So where other fish, if they were in that place, would be torn to shreds, the lantern fish survives. Este pez sobrevive en este lugar. In fact, scientists tell us they live in an environment of what is called deep sea snow. I don't know if you've heard about this. This is new to me. Viven en una, un ambiente de nieve marina. Deep sea snow, when you get down to that depth, there's like snow falling. It's all the scales and all of the debris and all of the remains of the fish who have died up top. And it's just all kind of falling down. So las escamas y los escombros de las peces, los peces que han muerto desde arriba. And these fish are doing fine. So the dead fish have adopted this environment as their final resting place. Los peces muertos han adoptado este ambiente. But the lanternfish has adapted to this environment and it lives. Este pez linterna se ha adaptado a este ambiente vive. Now as you can tell from that illustration, there is a big difference then between adopting your environment and adapting to your environment. I want you to keep that in mind. Hay una diferencia entre adoptar y adaptarse al ambiente. And that's true not only for fish. I believe that is especially true for those of us who would call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ. Es importante para los seguidores de Cristo. And so we come to this scripture that uh, I highlighted earlier from John chapter 17. And I, note, I noted that this is This is a prayer that Jesus lifted up to God the Father on the night before his death on the cross, the night before Jesus went to that deep, dark, deadly place for the sins of the world, for your sins and mine. Es una oración que Jesús levantó la noche antes de su crucifixión en la cruz. And here Jesus is praying. And in this prayer, Jesus himself recognizes that both he and his disciples are in a hostile environment. Él reconoce que él y sus discípulos están en un ambiente hostil. At the end of verse 14, he says this about his disciples. He says, the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. El mundo los ha odiado porque no son del mundo como tampoco yo soy del mundo. And then in verse 16, he says something very similar. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Ellos no son del mundo como tampoco lo soy yo. 
So Jesus here is recognizing this truth that we need to affirm this morning, that we need to understand that this world in which we live is a deep, dark, dangerous, deadly place. Este mundo está profundo, oscuro, peligroso, mortal. And, 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 and there's a constant battle of, of sin and evil and, and forces that are putting incredible pressure upon us. More than perhaps we recognize, the pressure of sin and evil in our world is constant. La presión del mal, del pecado del mundo es constante. And yet, oddly enough, what Jesus prays for in here, what he asks the Father for, is not what you and I might expect. Él no pide el Padre lo que esperaríamos. Look at verse 15. He says, My prayer, Heavenly Father, is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. No te pido que los quites del mundo, sino que los proteges, protejas del maligno. In other words, Jesus is not asking God the Father to take his followers out of this deep, dark, deadly world, but rather he's asking that somehow we would have the ability to push back, that we would have the ability to, to be protected and to adapt to this environment. Pide que podamos soportar la presión y adaptarnos a este now, why would Jesus ask that? Wouldn't it be so much easier to say, I've come to save them, I'm getting them out of here. We're gone. We're going to get out of this place. ¿Por qué no, no, no quiere quitar a sus seguidores del mundo? Well, verse 18 is going to tell us why. Versículo 18. Jesus says, again to God, he says, As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Como tú me envías al mundo, yo los envío también al mundo. Last week we talked about this. Our God is a sending God. Dios es un Dios que envía. God's on a mission. And God has sent his son into this world to die for us, to deliver to us the light and the life we need. Dios envió a su Hijo para traernos luz y vida. But now the mission we have is from Jesus. Jesus has been sent to the Father. Now Jesus sends us to go into the world to be his witnesses, to bring his message, his light, his life, his love to those around us who need it. Él nos envía a nosotros para traer su mensaje como testigos de su amor. And so how does Jesus intend for us to do this? How does Jesus want us as his followers, to navigate the pressures and the temptations and the currents of this world that push against us and, frankly, threaten to crush us. It's crushing. Tony was not just exaggerating when he said that earlier. ¿Cómo es que podemos navegar este mundo sin ser aplastados por él? Well, we need to look at a couple of verses here. First of all, verse 14, at the very beginning. Versículo 14. Jesus simply says, I have given them your word. Yo les he entregado tu palabra. I've given them your word. There's so much right there. 
Jesus didn't just give us the word as a text, as a verbal message. Jesus gave us the word in power. Jesus gave us the word in person. He not only gave us the word, he is the word. Él nos dio la palabra, pero también él es la palabra. I've given them your word. That is no small thing. And then, verse 17, versículo 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Santificalos en la verdad. That is, form them. Make them holy. Make them unique. Make them fitted. Hazlos santos. How? By the truth. And what is the truth? Your word is truth. Santificalos en la verdad. Tu palabra es la verdad. Jesus here is praying. He's praying that we would, in our daily lives in this world, be guided by the truth of God's word and shaped by the power of that word. Él quiere que seamos guiados por la palabra y formados por esa verdad, the truth of Jesus in all of its facets. So Jesus' prayer here, to put it simply, is that we would be word-shaped people who adapt in the face of the world's ways, not world-shaped people who adopt the world and its ways. Debemos ser formados por la palabra para adaptarnos frente al mundo y no formados por el mundo para adoptar el mundo. Do you understand the difference? There's a difference between adapting and being word-shaped, and adopting, and being world-shaped. Those are the two options. We find that outlined and explained a bit more in another scripture I want to go to. It's 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, Primera de Juan 2, 15. And here it's given to us, it's framed in terms of what we love. Se trata de lo que amamos. Do not Love the world or anything in the world. Anyone who loves the world, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. No amen al mundo ni nada de lo que hay en él. Si alguien ama al mundo, no tiene el amor del Padre. Now, I think at this juncture, it's a good point for us to understand something about this word world in the Bible. When the Bible talks about the world, we must understand that in Scripture, it has different meanings. The word world can mean different things depending on the context of Scripture. La palabra mundo quiere decir varias cosas dependiendo del contexto. For example, in some places in the Bible, the word world simply refers to everything that God has created. It refers to the universe. The Psalms talk about the world and all who dwell in it. Se refiere al universo, lo que Dios ha creado. That's one sense of the word world. Another sense of the word world is not so much the things God has created, but the people God has created. También se refiere al pueblo que Dios ha creado. When John 3.16 says, God so loved the world, that doesn't mean that God so loved the brokenness and the sin and the evil and the darkness that, that is in our world. It's saying God loved so much the people that he created 
And he sent his son to die for them. Cuando, Dios dice, cuando dice Juan, Dios amó al mundo, no quiere decir que Dios amó el pecado, sino que Dios ha amado al pueblo que ha creado. And then we come to 1 John 2, and, and we find here and in many other places in the Bible a third understanding of the word world. And here the word world is not referring so much to the things God has created. It's not referring to the people God has created. But rather here the word world is referring to the sinful customs, the evil uh, patterns, the dark ways of human society and the influences of evil upon human culture and society. Se trata de los campinos pecaminosos, las costumbres malvadas y los patrones oscuros de este mundo, de las personas y del diablo. Got that? It's referring to, to sinful ways, evil customs, dark patterns that exist among people under the influence of dark spiritual forces, the evil one. And in that sense, it's saying, don't love that. No amen estas cosas. Verse 16 goes into more detail. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. Nada de lo que hay en el mundo, los malos deseos del cuerpo, la codicia de los ojos, la arrogancia de la vida, proviene del Padre, sino del mundo. Saying, don't, don't love this stuff. Don't love your sinful desires. Don't love your lustful eyes. Don't love the pride of getting and having and being the, the big cheese. Don't love that stuff. If you have love for that, if that's what's filling your heart, there's no room inside of your heart for the love of God the Father. Si amas la codicia, la arrogancia, los malos deseos pecaminosos, no tienes campo para el amor de Dios el Padre. It's either one or the other. Your heart's going to be filled of one of those things, but you're not going to be able to find room for both. Las dos cosas no pueden coexistir. And then, in verse 17, there's another important point we need to understand about the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. El mundo se acaba con sus malos deseos, pero el que hace la voluntad de Dios permanece para siempre. So, if you adopt the world, if you adopt the world and its ways, you're going to pass away with it. Because this world is not forever. The temporal desires you have will die with this world. Si amas al mundo y sus deseos, vas a perecer con él. No es permanente. But, if by looking to Jesus, the word of God, trusting in him, you are adopted by the Father instead of adopting the world, if you are adopted by the Father you will live forever in his kingdom because that's what he wills. Si por fe Jesús eres adoptado del Padre vas a vivir para siempre. You see, there's a big difference. So what Jesus is getting at here through this prayer is something that maybe you've heard before. What he's praying for is that we as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ would be in the world but not of the world. 
Perhaps you've heard that phrase before. Queremos vivir dentro del mundo, pero no pertenecer al mundo. And as the church then, the church, we are called out of the world to be a community of word-shaped people. Word-shaped people. Adapting to the world, but not adopting the world. We're called to be word-shaped, not world-shaped. And in doing that, we are then to bring to the world, to embody, to show forth in the way we are and the way we live, we are to show forth the love, the light, the reality, the truth of Jesus Christ and his, his message, his death, his resurrection. Somos llamados a así manifestar el amor, la luz y el camino de Jesús a todo el mundo. So how do we go about doing that? That's really the question, right? How do we become a word-shaped people? ¿Cómo, ¿Cómo hacer esto? Well, there are many things I could say about this, but one way to encapsulate it, I think, is found in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Romanos capítulo 12, 2. And it's important to understand in this verse I'm going to read you that that the Bible here is not just talking to one person, as in you individually. When it's talking to you, it's talking to you all. It's talking to us as a group. Se dirige a nosotros como grupo. It says then, do not, you all, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Do not be shaped and do not let the world, there's one paraphrase that says, do not let the world squeeze you into its mold. No se conformen al mundo actual. But rather, it says, you all be transformed. Be changed in the shape that you are in, into a positive, holy shape. Be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Que sean transformados mediante la renovación de la mente. In other words, let the truth of God, let the word of God reshape your mind, reshape your thinking, reshape everything inside of you. Que la palabra de Dios, la verdad de Dios, te transforme la mente. And then, you see, you will be able to know and follow the will of God. You will be able to live in faith and follow Jesus Christ. Van a poder así comprobar lo que es la voluntad de Dios. So, Here's the bottom line. We need to recognize where we are. We are swimming in an ocean of all kinds of currents that are flowing around us, of philosophies and ideologies and mindsets and, and truth claims and and propositions and patterns of thought and patterns of behavior. Estamos nadando en una corriente de muchas filosofías, muchas tentaciones, and that is all around us at all times. It is constantly pushing against us as followers of Jesus Christ. Nos está dando mucha presión. If you don't feel the pressure, it might be because it's squishing you flat and you can't feel a thing because it's there. It's there. Now, over the centuries, uh, Christians have struggled with this. How do we live in the world but not be of the world? 
¿Cómo vivimos dentro del mundo pero, pero no pertenecer al mundo? Well, there have been a number of responses to that. I want to highlight the extremes. The extremes are easy to find, but we have to live somewhere in the middle. Okay? One extreme over the centuries has been for Christians to say, you know what, we're in this, this sinful world with all this stuff around us. What do we need to do? Withdraw. Let's just retreat. And, and let's create our own little Christian bubble over here. And, and we'll get away from all that evil stuff out there. Vamos a retirarnos, crear una, una comuna cristiana. Let's have our own little Christian commune. And then we won't be affected by that stuff. No nos va a afectar así. And so the idea of this response is not just to think differently, which, yes, we should. It's not just to talk differently and to have a different message. No solo pensar de otra forma, but it's to do everything else differently. Let's dress different. Let's eat different. Let's have everything. Let's just recreate what's out there, but put it over here. We'll slap the label Christian on it, and it'll be good. Vamos a vestirnos, comer, hacer todo diferente. We got to get away from the sin out there. Tenemos que escaparnos del pecado. What's the problem with that? Well, there's at least three problems I see. One problem is the sin out there is not just out there. It's right here. Aquí está el pecado. You can't get away from it any more than you can get away from water if you're three miles under the ocean, right? You're not going to get away from it. It's one problem. Another problem is this. If we reject everything out there in the world, si rechazamos todo el mundo, at some point, we're going to reject some of the good gifts that God has given us. And we're going to write those off and not be thankful, as Tony said. Vamos a rechazar algunas cosas de Dios. Good things like music. It's not a bad thing. Laughter, celebration, art, study, technology. Technology is not necessarily bad. And we're going to reject all that stuff and say it's all evil. And we miss out on the blessings of God. Así perdemos las bendiciones de Dios y rechazamos todo. And then the third problem Again, Tony, you're ahead of me here. But the third problem is this. Jesus said we're to be the light of the world. Somos la luz del mundo. How are we going to be the light if we're off in a corner hiding our light? No podemos ser luz si escondemos esa luz. So that's one extreme, to escape the world. Now, the other extreme that some over the centuries have said is, well, you know, we, uh, we need to kind of do more to fit in with the world. We need to accommodate more. Tenemos que acomodarnos más al mundo. So what's the idea here? Well, the idea is not only are we going to dress like everybody else, and not only are we going to eat like everybody else, and not only are we going to kind of mix in with everybody else, but we're going to start to think and talk like everybody else. Vamos a vestirnos y comer y hasta pensar y hablar como los demás. Yeah, so there's a few curse words in my vocabulary. I got to connect with people. Uh, so we adopt, you know, we need to adopt some of the slogans and the ideologies and the philosophies of our world and talk about them. People need to be able to understand what we're saying, so let's talk their language and think their thoughts as well. Vamos a adoptar las filosofías, los lemas del mundo. And Sunday, el domingo, well, that's not a special day for most people. Why 
Maybe we need to loosen up a little bit, you know, on this Sunday stuff, getting together and worshiping thing. I mean, that's not so important. ¿Por qué congregarnos los domingos? El resto del mundo no lo hace. And, and the Bible, did you know that there's a lot of people who don't think the Bible is the word of God? Hay los que no piensan, que piensan la Biblia no es la palabra de Dios. I mean, maybe they have some good points. You know, maybe we ought to listen to them a little bit. Debemos escucharlos. We can learn something. We shouldn't get so uptight about defending Scripture all the time. No defendamos la Biblia. And how about Jesus? Did you know that there are some people that actually get offended when we talk about Jesus? Hay los que se ofenden cuando hablamos de Jesús. So maybe we ought to just, you know, cool the Jesus talk a little bit. Let's, let's talk more about spirituality and mindfulness and, 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 and gratitude in kind of a generic, non-religious way. After all, we've got to try to entice people into what we're doing. Hablemos de la espiritualidad, la gratitud de una forma genérica. And sex? Oh, I mean, really, don't you think it's time we update our standards a little bit? No debemos actualizar nuestras normas sexuales. I mean, nobody believes this stuff anymore. Nobody's doing this. Why should we stick to what, what this says about marriage and about the way God has made male and female and our sexual behavior when the rest of our society thinks we're all backward? ¿Por qué respetar lo que dice esto acerca del matrimonio y los géneros y tal? Now, I hope you realize that what I've just given you is a bunch of sarcasm. I'm being sarcastic. Estoy hablando de forma irónica. What's the point? The point is we need somehow to figure out how to live between those two extremes. ¿Cómo vivir entre esos dos extremos? And that's not easy. But here's the reality we need to recognize. We are either being shaped by the word or being shaped by the world. Estamos formados de la palabra o del mundo. So the question then becomes, what is capturing your thoughts? What is captivating your heart and, and your imagination? What is drawing you? What is attracting you in your life? I want you to think about that and for me to think about that. ¿Qué te atrae? ¿Qué te captura la imaginación en tu vida? Is it Facebook or is it the faith book? Is it Pinterest or prayer? Instagram or inspiration from the Word of God? Is it the World Wide Web or the way of Jesus? Is it streaming or scripture? You, I can go on, right? What are the forces? What are the things that are there, both godly and ungodly? La clave es esta. The key is this. The key is not for us to escape, nor to accommodate. But the key is to live in this place where we are word-shaped. And so what does that look like? I believe it looks like for us as a group, I'm talking about us as a group, it begins with individual habits and group habits. I'm going to be like a broken record, and if you're too young to know what a record is, I'll talk to you later, but 
people of God, I don't know how to get around being word-shaped and not reading the Bible. No puede ser formado de la palabra sin leer la palabra de Dios. Please, this is one way to do it, but every single day. Did you know every single day you are being bombarded by six to 10,000 subliminal messages? Did you know that? Every single day, seis a diez mil mensajes subliminales nos llegan cada día. Are you giving any thought to an intentional exposure to Scripture? Because this is what will renew your mind. We need to understand the pressure coming, and this is how we push back. God puts in us His Word and His Spirit to push back. So it's daily habits in Scripture, prayer, what Tony talked about, thanksgiving. Did you hear what Tony said? Tony, you preached for me. He says, I got to cope and push back. That's my coping mechanism is to give thanks for all that God has done. I'm with you, brother. And I'm with you in my tears. Because we're living in this world and, and it's hard. But thank God our elder was helping to shape us this morning. We can shape each other. Encourage one another, the word says. Do you have spiritual conversations with other people? ¿Tienen conversaciones espirituales con las demás personas? Or do you talk about stuff out there all the time? Serving together. What we're doing after worship is not just about how we're giving to other people. It's about how God's going to shape the people who do this. It shapes you. It begins to change you when you are about these activities and these opportunities to serve and to give. And I could go on, but the idea is, is this. This world is dark, deep, dangerous, and deadly. El mundo es oscuro, profundo, peligroso, mortal. But God's Word is our light because it points us to Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. La palabra de Dios nos ilumina el camino a Jesús, el camino, la verdad y la vida. So I want to pray for us right now. And my prayer, my sincere prayer today is that we would live as word-shaped people. Vamos a orar para ser una un pueblo formado por la palabra de Dios. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we understand that we are either going to be shaped by our world or we are, by your grace, going to be able to shape our world. O vamos a ser formados por el mundo o vamos a formar al mundo. And we want to be a part of a people that are giving a new shape to the world because you are giving a new shape to us. And so we pray, God, that these words today, if any of them are from the world or from me, that they would fall on deaf ears. Que las palabras que no sean de ti, Señor, caigan al lado. But may whatever is of your word stick and stay with us and pulsate within us as we navigate this next week. Porque es de tu palabra que pueda dar un impulso en nosotros para navegar esta semana. 
I thank you so much for the opportunity to walk with other people in the church. That in the church, we can, we can see you shaping us. And we do that in so many ways. Bless not only Sunrise Community Church, but we pray for every single church in our city, every single Christian church throughout the world. Oramos por cada iglesia cristiana en todo el mundo. Every congregation that the light of your presence may be seen and heard and felt everywhere. Que la luz de tu presencia sea vista y escuchada y sentida en todo lado. We ask this humbly and thankfully in the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. En el nombre del Señor Jesús. And all God's people say, Amen.